everyone. I'm Mark DeGrasse. Welcome to Podcast Mark, where I talk to my friends, colleagues, and other professionals in the space about uh, literally everything, especially personal development, which I've found is uh, increasing importance in every aspect of your life, especially if you want to be successful uh, as uh, you know, a man. You know, a lot of my my guests have been uh, some of the most amazing men that I've met uh, in my life, and uh, Josh Lee is definitely one of those guys. So. Welcome, Josh. Mark, good to see you, brother. I mean, again, you and I, we could, I hope everyone's strapped in because I think you and I could probably sit here and talk for a couple hours and just go oh, through gosh. multiple different, as we already probably talked 30 minutes before. We already did. Minutes, so. <laughs> I'm like, oh crap, I better press record at some point. Uh, but no, I, I'm always excited to talk to you. And I think, you know, the, the other platform, you know, specifically Digital Marketer, because I was uh, there hosting the show for so long. Um, you know, we always talked about the business side and AI and LinkedIn development and all that kind of awesome, fun stuff. But, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, we're both dads, you know, we've both been through some crap. And so I, I always like to to touch on that stuff. Dude, I, I wrote an entire book about my crap. So, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just, well, yeah, I love this stuff. I mean, you know, people are like, why you write, why you do that? Dude, I just had to be able to say all the crap that I was told I shouldn't say forever. So, like, dude, like when you told me like this podcast is about that for men going through the things that we go, like that's more important. Those are the things that were holding me back from where I am today, where I was seen as successful mm. monetarily. That's how most of the world see, but now I feel successful. Yes. It's a massive difference compared to be seen versus feeling knowing, right? Like, and my success is not based off of monetary value. It's being a dad, having amazing friends like you, being, you know, being adding value to this world, not just monetizing it. So, dude, it's we'll, we'll have some fun and go anywhere you want to go today. Ah, I love that. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I think that for me, you know, my big awakening moment was kind of realizing that, that, that all the stuff, all the, you know, having successful businesses or doing successful projects and, and building this perception of success, which largely, and, and I think it's changing now was part of the system where you're like, okay, well, I can't say that I'm struggling because then people will say that, you know, my business isn't good or yeah. I'm not handling my stuff. And so I can't be trusted. So I think we've all been kind of uh, brainwashed into uh, portraying this like, nope, I got all my crap together. Everything's going fantastic. Like if you want really want to be successful, you should do what I'm doing. And it, we were kind of forced into that, which is uh, detrimental for everybody as far as yeah. I can serve. You know? Dude, I mean, 100%. Yeah, it's just I, one of those pieces, Mark, that I was thinking like, you know, I, I want to say like, oh, you know, like as men, we were holding ourselves back. But I mean, it's not just a, a man thing, right? It's men and women being able to go through. Now, I will tell you as women, especially I look at my wife, they're more emotionally connected. And, you know, and it's being able to go through talk about what's going on, talk about feelings, being able to go through there. I mean, it's it's something that we are still trying to learn as men. I was just I was just at an event um, by Giovanni um, called Billions Out in Miami. And, you know, I had, you know, Dr. Jeff Spencer. Mm -hmm. well, Dr. Jeff, I, I, if you don't, I'll introduce you. <laughs> Amazing human. Again, needs to be on this show. But him and his wife were asking me like, you know, because look, dude, I, you, know, you talk about being a dad. Like I'm a new dad again after 11 years. Oh. And they asked like, what's different about being a dad now with my four month old little girl versus when I was a dad 11 and 14 years ago. Right. And I said, is it, she goes, is it better or worse? And I said, you know, I think it's better. Like these days as men, 
we can be most more emotionally connected, more emotionally, you know, visible. We can talk about the good and the bad and be able to share that in a way where we're not shunned going, Oh, well, that's not, that's not how a man acts. That's not what you mm-hmm. should do. Like, you know, puff up your chest and be act like nothing's wrong. And, you know, and, and be the guy that lifts all the heavy shit and, you know, reaches the high stuff on the, on the shelf. And it's like, there's other aspects of that. I mean, like I truly, you know, appreciate being a father in today's world because it allows me just like the pictures behind me. Like I had the male and the female ethos and I try to sit Mm. between those because it allows me to be able to show not only my son, but also my daughters, both sides of a coin. Well, well, and that's the most important part because, you know, now as a father and, and for you being a father again, which kudos to you, cause that's, uh, that's incredible. I, yeah, man, I think I'll, about I'll that just sometimes. be in my late sixties when my, my daughter graduates. <laughs> hey, who cares? Hey, grandpa, you know? that's my dad. That's my dad. Like, oh, whatever. You know, it's funny. Cause I see some of those guys at uh, my son's school where they're like older dads are like, you know, 55, 60 years old. And, and you're kind of like, wow, you're getting back into it. And some of them, they're doing it for the first time. And it's kind of like, wow, oh, good for you. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's when I, I had kids in like my late twenties, like, I think I was almost 30 when I had my first son. And even then I thought like, man, I'm so glad I didn't do this in my early twenties because in your early twenties, you know, you're all about you. You're all about making it. You're all about working hundred hour weeks to, you know, uh, build something. And I think it would have been really difficult to go into like, okay, now I'm going to give away all my time and I'm going yeah. to refocus a hundred percent of my priorities and I'm going to learn something that's extremely difficult that I've never done before. And literally nobody can train you to do very well because it's oh, all I had that it, conversation uh, with my wife this time around. I, and I also had to remember the things that even though I've experienced them before, they are different now. And I was oh, reminded yeah, of that right. a couple of different times, but you know, like I appreciate that because you know, you talk about that man and it's um, yeah, I had my son when I was almost 30, it was, funny like my my grandfather had my father when he was 30 my dad had mm-hmm. me when he was 30 of course i was trying to plan it, it was fine. <laughs> really close you know being able to go into those things and, and um you know i think it would have been different right like i've i've mentioned not only my wife but other amazing um friends of mine that are female about men it's like look as a man we put everything into feeling successful, especially in business, either it's in their job or their career or their company. And that will always come first until they feel that, that sense of, okay, I've done it. I I feel like I've done at least enough to be able to support someone. So if you come into a man's life too young of an age, they don't feel that that success in quote unquote business, whatever that may look like to them, you will always be second. Because again, that's what we just inherently as men, we are, we are raised to be the supporter, to be the provider, right. To be able to go in. And if you can't actually be able to be that provider, like that was one of the biggest things. Like I never felt confident enough to have children until I felt like I could provide for my wife if she didn't want to work and then for my kids. Now, is that a fallacy? Possibly. Um, it held, it holds things back, but I mean, like, that's just how I was raised. And I, Sometimes the future generations, I don't know if they have that same kind of thinking. No. Well, and and hopefully they don't because it's, um, you know, I've learned so much from being a dad and it's, but back then it, I wouldn't have because I would have been like, no, it's me first. I got to push. I got to go. I got to make it. Yeah. Uh, 
And now I think, you know, after having so many lessons from my sons where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize 90% of this stuff. And you try to explain that to people because there is a huge trend of people just being like, I'm never having kids. Like kids are, I'm not bringing kids into this horrible world. And, you know, I don't have the money to support kids properly. And people make up all these excuses for it. And, 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 you know, do what you want. It's your life. And honestly, we have enough people. So it's not like they're, well, or yeah. do we, <laughs> you know, cause that's also, I mean, we have depopulation problems in most of the world now, or at least the, yeah. the first world countries, America, Japan, you know, you see these uh, birth rates. Are well, just in dropping. Japan, now they're open. They're lifting the the limit yeah. on one child, one and a half kids. Now you're like, two. Oh, no, that's China. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Japan, they just stopped. They just said you're like, ah, right. oh, no. Yeah. But you have these massive aging populations. And so literally, you know, governments are going to start encouraging people to have kids. And it's just hilarious because it's like, it was so not that way for so all oh, there's too many people are ruining the world and everything's destroyed because of people. And we had this very negative view of our own species. And I think I realized this a few years back where I was like, you know what, you know, if you saw a lion and say lions could talk and the the head lions, like, you know what, being a lion sucks. Like we, we're a problem. Like we, we just, we just kill things and you know, we're just bad and be better if the world would be better without us. You'd be like, shut up, lion. Like you're, you know, you're part of the ecosystem. You're a very important part of the ecosystem. Like you got to yeah. do your job and your non-existence is not going to help anything. And instead, and then we came up with this nihilistic, fatalistic view of, of humanity. I'm like, no, what the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> like, this yeah. is, our job is to raise up the species. Our job is to make the world better. And yeah, we screw up just like everybody does, like, and everything does. It's not perfect, but, you know, we do our best. But I'm sure as hell going to support the species because I love my yeah. kids and my family and my friends and my community. And I want everybody I think, to. I mean, it's narcissistic if you're not scared, right? To be able to go through. Yes. I mean, let's just be honest. People talk about something like, I get scared every time I speak on stage. I'm like, good. Yeah. Like if you got up there, like that's a little narcissistic. If you're like, cool, I can, I do this all the time. I'm the best. Like we all get that. You when I speak on stage all the time, and it's just one of those pieces. But I mean, let's be honest, brother. I mean, like I was being to be a dad 11 years later. And I mean, look, it wasn't easy, right? Like, I mean, we went through IVF for two and a half years. Like, if I if I sat up here, I'm like, oh dude, I, I wasn't dude, I was scared out of my mind to be a father again that I wouldn't be enough. Like, these are the things that we kind of go through. Even though I feel successful, I'm very confident where I am. I have an amazing partner now. All these things, I was scared. And like you said, the money it was one thing. Like, man, like, okay, I'm gonna have to hustle more. Yep. Now it's like I look back, I look at my daughter's face, you know, four months old, and I'm like, how did I ever even question? Well, that was this just a question. But it, it happened to the best of us. It well, it's just doubt and fear and the unknown and and really common things that everybody's scared of and that you just have to deal with. Um, but it's I think there's human. been, it's human. Yeah. Well, it's just the experience. Right. And it's, and I think it's, it's arrogant to think that you could change that experience just by making non-decisions by not deciding you're suddenly going to be like above the system. Like, oh, well, I'm not part of the problem. So I guess it's you, you know, <laughs> and it's like, ah, uh, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure we're all going through the same thing. <laughs> all right. So this popped in my head. And again, everyone listening. Just realize Mark and I will just go in random. We both probably have ADHD and we'll just have random conversations between him conversations. We'll eventually get back to the point. But yeah, yeah, I remember. As you're saying that you talk about 
for the problem a buddy of mine jesse elder about being in it. they don't realize they are traffic like if you're in it you can't be like oh my god i hate traffic like you were part of the problem you are traffic right and that's the same situation like I, like mind blown right like oh traffic sucks traffic yeah oh how about you <laughs> yeah you can take one car off the road right now if you feel like it <laughs> it's like oh yeah. wait but but i think we generalize our problems right like it's not us driving too much and that's why there's pollution it's not us not recycling enough and that's why there's too much trash in the ocean or whatever it's everybody else and and what can i do i'm just one person and it's it's kind of funny because all those uh kind of tropes you heard growing up and and through because when we went to school you know in, in grade school there was dare there was you know only like two channels on television and so you saw psas like constantly like the more you know and it's like oh or or even even everyone's like okay i'm getting a gauge on how old these guys are (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it's like wait a second there's only two channels uh yeah but it's uh that was that was kind of great that was actually pushed into us like hey here's how to be a good citizen and you know not that it doesn't happen anymore but i think there's so many media channels that people didn't get that same message that we had and so we're kind of um I don't know. We're kind of privileged in that way. Like, man, we were, we were taught much better than a lot of the things I see today, you know, especially with media and entertainment. So I pay, I pay to not watch commercials. Everybody pays, everybody pays for everything. Like how much extra do I have to pay to not watch commercials? 10 bucks a month done like yeah no like if there is a psa i don't see it anymore so yeah no it's well it's supposed to be i mean then it was educators and then it was uh you know shifted to parents and and that whole dynamic has shifted wildly since then and even even times where i'm just like okay you know we we send our our kids or my uh younger son deckley goes to regents which is a classical on the street for me down the street from me, right across. You, you get annoyed by those kids all the time. <laughs> but I mean, we specifically went to the school for, you know, to avoid some of the issues that you see in other schools. And, and honestly, it still has issues. You know, it's a fantastic school and we completely love it and couldn't even imagine being anywhere else. But the issues are still there. And a lot of them are cultural where you're talking about, you know, kids with cell phones. And it's kind of like, you know, you want to think that you can ingrain children with so many principles that they'll make the right decision no matter what, but it's like, nah, you know, the devil has a way to work around that situation, especially if everybody just pretends that things are okay and just don't address the issue. Now you have an issue and now it's not something that you were expecting. So I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> times are different it, than what yeah. we're going up. But I mean, like, you know, we can end on this. Cause I mean, like, you know, cause you and I could talk about being dads and the things that go on with our kids, but I mean, you know, being a hundred percent open. I mean, even last night I got a call from my, my daughter. She was scared. You know, we, I have, I have a blended family, divorced, remarried, being able to go through and my son had gotten overworked up, couldn't, you know, calm himself down. Um, you know, honestly he kicked coal in the wall too. And the whole thing was going crazy. And like, I went over there and I mean, like, I, I think too, I just, he just needed to be held and, and said, Hey man, it's okay. Calm down. And you know, you're all right. Things are going on there. Cause he, he deals with significant high ADHD and, you know, has some, I mean, you talk about cell phone devices. I mean, he deals with a lot of different issues. I mean, that kids go through these days and, you know, this morning I was having a conversation with him and we just kind of talked it out and yeah. being able to go through. And so, I mean, like, it, it's not like, 
no matter who's listening, watch, like we all have different things that we go through. We all have different, no matter how amazing we might look online that we go through Mark, I mean, you know, with, with your son and I mean, the struggles that you and your wife, I mean, to be a go through and, and raise a, a special needs child. I mean, like it's not easy. Right. And like a lot of times, like we started this, this whole conversation beginning, we were told in the earlier stages in our lives not to talk about these things. And right. I think now by you and I being able to share the things that we go through as recent as last night of what I was going through, having to take my son home from his mom's and take him over here to be able to make sure he felt okay. It's, it's, we live in a world that it's okay to be able to share about it. And I hope that we're able to give permission to other people just by sharing what we're going through. Other guys can understand that it's okay and they're not alone. Yeah. Well, and that, that's what it's all about. I mean, I, I think I, I was lucky enough to realize that at a young age that like money doesn't fix everything. And honestly, rich people have just this different set of problems that, you know, are rich people, you know, it's like, what does that even mean anymore? It's all it's relative, like, right? No, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> but you think that there's some group of people that have it all figured out. And, you know, the more you kind of get into it, you get into the, you know, kind of wealthy culture and you realize like, oh no, it's just a different set of terrible problems that you can have. And honestly, there's way more at stake, you know, when you're saying like, okay, you're successful, you've now built up this kind of like little impact empire, you have all your assets set up, but now you're expected to maintain everything and not just maintain everything, but excel everything forever into the future. And that's honestly, you know, I talk about just, uh, you know, personal finances and family finances, but that's the problem with most large corporations where you see this, the situation where COVID happened and yeah, there were some inventory issues and yeah, there were some supply chain issues and blah, blah, blah. And prices went up, but due to the way we've set up the system is you can't go back you can't say like, oh yeah, we just had record profits and we're making more money off of less sales than ever before. But we have to be responsible and realize that our costs haven't actually increased at all, maybe at this point. And we're just railing the system and just- Which company does that? Because I'm pretty sure they're all like, man, we're <laughs> hurting. All... And then like record profits. I'm like- Record profits. Oh, we got to fire everybody. Sorry. Oh, COVID. And you're yeah. like, wait, wait a yeah. second. What are you talking about? But if you look at the system, if you look at the executives, the boards that are there, they're supposed to go up to their investors and be like, you know what? I know that we had crazy profits. I know we all made tons of money, but but this is now uh, gone past that. And, and we have to take a couple of years where we readjust. Uh, you're, you guys all understand, right? And the investors, you know, it's a faceless corporation. They're not going to understand that at all. They're going to say, you're all fired. Let's get yeah. somebody in here who's going to do the right thing for us. You know? Yeah. It, it goes through trends too, brother. I mean, I look at companies, I've been doing this for over 20 years. I mean, I remember getting involved in the online advertising business back in 03, 03 through 06. I mean, like the amount of money that was spent by online advertising, because we were just printing money back then. I mean, dude, I remember... You know, I go to parties, they ran it out, ran it out all of, you know, I'm saying Astroworld, that's, that's Houston, but um, Six Flags, right? Be, and they rented out Universal and like every ride free, all the food, like every office had freaking lunch brought in. Every office had like an entire game room and it was just like exorbitant spending. And then all of a sudden like, oh, well, you know, all we done. got it. We spent too much. Like heads weren't cut. It was the, the lower end people like, oh yeah, well mm. shit. You know, maybe we should have been paying attention to actually what we were creating because again, it was, I think it was, every, they were so focused on how much money they were making rather than the impact. And I can speak from, from that specific thing because 
again, I spent my, and that's what I was taught to be able to make and amass as much money as possible, being able to go through. And when I look back after, you know, almost a billion dollars in advertising that I controlled over 35 trillion online impressions, like, I don't know how many people I helped mm. and I sold a lot of crap. I think yeah, you did <laughs> I, I moved a lot of traffic around, but like, I don't feel like the impact that I had on the world was significant enough, especially for me to be proud to stand in front of my kids and be able to get, look what your dad does every day. I remember going on different things. Like, what do you do? I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's too I, I make money. I monetize well. whatever. And it, it's, and now like people ask me what I do, man, I can't not smile because I see mm. the impact that I do every single day. And I mean, this is, I see the same thing in you, right? I mean, like you've made massive transitions in, in your business and your life to be able to be where you are, AKA like, you know, everyone, if you know, Mark, he's has this, he, he was in this amazing studio and now he's just in his room right now. But I mean, like he, it doesn't change that you're not an amazing podcast host, human being and marketer. So I think that's what people need to understand is like, you and I, once we actually learn how to be able to, we make the goal of being impacted, allow the byproduct of that to be whatever else we need to be able to feed. And then we continue to be able to roll because there's always things that are going to pop up. I mean, and as the better you learn to be able to get yourself up and stand back up again, the better you can continue to be able to, to make this world a better place, not only for yourself, but for your kids and the other generations as well. And that's what we need more of. We need more people seeing that impact along the byproduct for them, not making the, the, the focus about them. Hmm. That makes sense. Oh, no, that's extremely well said. Cause I, I, we're really talking about is purpose. You know, you have a purpose and honestly that the purpose is to make as much money as possible is a terrible purpose. And it can be a purpose. A lot of people say like, Oh, well, that's not a real purpose. It's yeah, like, it's, no, it's that's some people yeah. <laughs> let's well, hollow. It's meaningless. You're not actually providing value. And even if you, are supported by the society that says like, no, you're doing great. You're killing it. You're making lots of money. You know, I, I think the, for business owners, it's always like I'm, I'm providing jobs to people. Like I'm putting food on the table because I yeah. provide this job that somebody has now because of me. But now we're entering an age where that's not even necessary anymore. You could probably yeah. build a five person billion dollar company. If you know what to do, you know, I've and seen people do it. Oh yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, dude, like you talk about that, right? Like, if I look back, I mean, like, again, we talked about me being successful at that point. I use those same, you know, things to make me feel better about like, well, I'm, I'm providing for the families, you know, I've got to be able to do this. And I still find my, I found myself in my home office with a door shut, you know, not only finding sanctuary, but finding myself in a coffin that I would actually contemplate looking at the wall for eight hours a day. If the money I would leave for my kids, if I wasn't around anymore, would be more important than that. Oh. And, oh, you know, I, I thank God every day that, you know, that I didn't make the wrong decision based on what society was actually pushing me to do. And I made a better decision, not only for myself, for my kids to be able to, to change the situation I was in, even though it was successful, right? Like monetarily. <laughs> and I mean, dude, I mean, like to be able to put myself first and my kids first, it's crazy to think, but. I walked away from everything. And at 36, I moved back in with my parents with a little bit under a thousand dollars, my name to be able to do the right thing, not only for myself, but my kids. And people see that and we're, we're taught that's not the right way to do it. Like the right way is to make more money, yeah. work more hours. And that's, what's right for you. That's what's right for your kids. And 
And so we see, you know, a lot more people, you know, in the, in the situations they're in right now that are, we lose people every single day, especially entrepreneurs, because they, it's a vicious cycle. Oh, well, you just realize that, that, oh crap. You know, and that's, that's what I went through where I realized like, oh crap, it doesn't matter how much I achieve or money I make or cars I have or property that I have and, and all these things. And you're like, man, this matters nothing on top of it that you realize just how temporary it is because you could be, you know, I went through the same thing. I went broke after I had in my early twenties, I, I was doing real estate investing and I was part of a tech startup and I, I was doing all these things and I, uh, it a hundred percent fell apart. And then I had to go through this whole reset when I was like 27. And I was just like, oh man, uh, the entire structure that I, I thought I was planning all this out and I thought I had it all figured out. And you just realize like, nope, you don't know anything. And it's like, oh no, like what, what have I done? What if I wasted all of my time? And you know, the solace that you could take is that, you know, you haven't wasted your time. That was a lesson that you had to learn. And you obviously were on off, off path. Because if you were on path, one, maybe all that stuff, the bad stuff would have happened anyways, but you would have handled it 100% different. And so, yeah. and something that was probably a disaster would have now turned into just another learning opportunity where you're like, ah, things go wrong sometimes. And it's completely out of your control. And your perception of what happened is really what's going to either break you or or make you. And you got to decide that. Or you just go through the lesson again. And you see people do that all the time where you just see them repeat and repeat and repeat. Mm. And you're like, somebody's trying to teach you something and you're just refusing to learn. And so it's going to get harder and more painful every time. Oh, it's That's one realization about life that I've, I've had where I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is this is it. <laughs> like, this is the lesson. Either learn it right now or get ready for a harder one next time. Oh, yeah. And you said something really profound, Mark. You said it's your perception of yourself, right? Like, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like, we don't actually take that in consideration of what how we perceive ourselves. It's our perception of other people's perception of us. Mm. And honestly, that's what drives most of us crazy. We have no clue. Like, if I was like, oh, well, Mark thinks this of me, unless you've told me that, that is my perception of your perception of me. And I mean, that's what drives most people crazy. Like we cannot be able to do that. So like the only thing that we can actually understand is how we perceive ourselves in this world and what we do to be able to continue to push that in a positive fashion. And we have to be able to let go of what others maybe perceive of us as, I mean, you're just an asshole. And I mean, you're just going wrong in the world. Like maybe you should like take in some of the feedback that you're getting, but <laughs> everybody's wrong. I'm the best. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, okay. I mean, that's neat that you have that self-perception. I've, I've said that in the past too, where it's like some people and it's like the Dunning-Kruger effect where you're just like, man, you are the most incompetent, uh, un unawake person I've ever met, but you are so happy about it. And you're so confident and you have this and you're just like, and everything's going wrong. And that doesn't matter to you either. And it's almost like you, you know, you're not jealous of that. Well, maybe you're a little jealous where you're just like, man, I've had to go through so many things to even have just a fraction of realization that like what my existence actually is. And you just are just blindly powering through like everything's going great. And I don't know whether they have it figured out or they're so far off track that it's just like, oh, he's he's just out of the woods somewhere. Just just leave him alone. He, yeah, he's fine. These things always go through, dude. I mean, like recently, I 
be honest, I got jealous of my wife, right? Like I've been doing this LinkedIn thing for a long time. You know, I'm, I'm very well known for it. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, all of a sudden my wife got the notification. She, she was a LinkedIn top voice, something I've strived for, for years. Like, dude, I just got LinkedIn. Like, congratulations. You've been on this platform for 18 years. And I'm like, <laughs> like 18 years, I've been around for 20, it's turning 21 this year. And I've been on it for 18 years and, you know, and you know, at first I was like, and I, I tried to like, oh, that's amazing. You know, I, I, I sat there like, look, whatever, whatever's good for you is good for me. Right. Like, I, and I said that to my, even though I still had that inside, I was like, you know, what the, what the F like, dude, like I'm sitting here busting my ass. And then I was like, you know what? That's the wrong thing. Right. Like she creates amazing content on that platform. She really does put her heart and soul into it. And like, look, people get different opportunities, different things are going on. Like it doesn't dim my light if she's being shined upon. And so like, and I, I, at first I, and then I had to come to like, we had a conversation. I was like, look, you know, she's like, I know how you feel. I'm like, you can fake it all day long. And that's the guys are taught to fake it. Like, Oh, that doesn't no, bother I'm me. Good. I'm good. Yes. Yes. And luckily my, my wife is there and I'm, I'm very blessed. Like I've, I've, you know, built a partnership and ain't my first time. So I learned from the first you know, that I have someone that lovingly will call me out on my BS, you know? And I mean, that's truly, I think a lot of us need those that in our life, right. To be able to say, look, you know, I, I know you better than that. That's BS. Let's, let's talk about what's really going on. Yeah. Well, no, I, well, and you just taught everybody that the lesson and the lesson was you realize something and you're feeling about it. And then you examine that feeling and realize what it was. And then we're able to move past it. And that's something that, you know, that I, I go through the Carl Jung's uh, shadow work. I'm going through a yeah. book for that. And that that's exactly what it's about. Because when you have, all you have to do is realize like the trigger, right? It's like somebody else's success made me unhappy. And then you're like, that's crazy. And, and I benefit from that success too, because it's your, your significant other. And, you know, you were able to come around and realize like what was going on. And now you grew from it. And so it was a positive for everybody around. And I want to be able to show my kids that too. And I forget who said the quote, but it rings true, right? To know your own darkness is to truly know yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most of us actually sit with that, right? To be able to go in like, like truly what is our, our deepest, darkest, in our heart and our thoughts and our feelings. Like, and once you can actually accept that, you know, like to truly understand and accept your own darkness, can you truly be able to understand who you are and what you can be for this world? Mm. Most of us are trying to be able to hide that darkness, be able to forget about it, put walls in front of it. And it's just, and that all that does is create more darkness. Yes. Well, I and light on that stuff, man. You do. Well, because it really, if you look at the feeling, like, why do I feel like that? Why, you know, what's the core emotion? The core emotion is probably like envy where you're like, yeah, this is envy. But then if you go further back and, and through, you know, meditation, what I've learned how to do is essentially just think of a, a thought, like a, an emotion, like, okay, envy, like, how do I feel about envy? And, and if you do it enough, if you meditate enough, you could actually go back through all of your memories that actually are associated with that one emotion. And then yeah. you could find the truth, which is your envy is based on your uh, a situation from when you were five years old and your older it sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your older sister had something that you wanted and the fact that that wasn't recognized that should have gone to you. And that's the core emotion. That's the core moment that this feeling was created and that's the the bad that you've been trying to suppress all the time and ignore instead of addressing and finding out that it was just some you know 
insignificant experience as a child that you never matured out of. And now you can mature out of it. And now you're Mark, awesome. look, you just save yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars. You just, you, you're a Mark PhD because I mean, you know, that's <laughs> every therapist is good. Oh, what happened to your childhood? I'm like, dude, like you just skipped the whole line of having to go through all the, the school to be able to learn that exact thing. Oh, but wow. Well, but that's, that's the meditation. I couldn't do that before. Like before I had my, my awakening, you know, a year and a half ago or so ago, yeah. I could not even remember my childhood. Like I yeah. was like, man, everybody has these childhood memories and I just don't have that. Like, I don't know, I don't know where they went, but maybe I just have a bad memory. And what I realized was that I was actually just repressing like everything. And, yeah. and it was so far down that, that to access it, I had to go like this roundabout way of thinking about emotions and then I could access anything. Like it was incredible. The first time I did it, I was like, let me just think about something. And then it was like accessing like a database of of just past events and yeah. then it was like yeah this is this is powerful i can move on or i could at least make progress towards something that was a really difficult situation for me to do which was think about my childhood and then you get into then once you realize that you're like oh crap there's a lot of stuff in here <laughs> and then you get to improve that stuff too but but like you said it's really just identifying the trigger like why do you feel this way and if you think yeah. it's bad why do you feel, think it's bad and then just going through the cycle and, and you were told you know, it was bad you were told it was bad and you were told and just you know it goes back to the talking about being a man debate where it's just like yeah we were all taught that men are you know, the ideal man, and I read an article about this, but they said the, the society's view of what a man should be is John Wick, where it's like a stoic, quiet, he never talks, he never does anything. He holds his yeah. rage in until he's given the opportunity to use that rage for good, which is killing thousands of people in the case of John Wick. And then he gets his revenge. And now he has honor and pride in what he's done. And I'm like, what? That's what we're oh. supposed to be, these quiet automatons that just do and say nothing unless it's to contribute resources to the thing that we're a part of. And I'm like, this is bad. This is really like you were saying, like women are really good at speaking up, right? Like you never have to think like, what's she thinking right now? And How's it doesn't make feeling? you uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I mean, we we even talked too. like when my wife is being very vulnerable and going through I get uncomfortable and I almost, and I'll be honest, like sometimes I'll even lash out because I'm upset at myself that I didn't protect her enough. That would actually, and she's like, dude, chill out. Like, it's not about you. You're making it about you again. Like, this is something I'm just releasing. And then you're taking it on. Like you didn't do enough to protect me. So I wouldn't feel this way, but like, I'm just, this is natural. And it's like, okay, well, (laughs) <laughs> trying to break these you know these fallacies to fix it yeah. yeah and that's a big part of it too i mean it's, it's very and my wife has actually been much better about like hey i'm not looking for feedback i'm just venting like she'll start yeah. the conversation with that i'm like oh okay i'm not gonna try to fix anything i'm not gonna try to give advice or AC, shut the f up and let me talk Yes. Yes. That's it. And, uh, and then once you realize that you're like, Oh God, this is so much easier. Like I don't even need to evaluate this situation. It's just, you're just venting and, and that's totally fine. Now the, the flip side, I don't know if that's true because I've tried venting before and it usually, you know, leads to other places, <laughs> yeah. but, but now I'm starting to do the same thing where I'm like, Hey, 
I'm just venting about work or whatever. And honestly, we've been, I, there's a whole, uh, I'm not going to mention the organization, but there's a whole marriage organization where the guy literally says, you don't bother your wife with your problems. You don't bother yeah. her with your feelings. You don't bother her with literally your entire life experience. You just give her resources and support. And that's your that job way for a long a time. I'm like, it was, that's, it was, horrible. it was miserable. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't accomplish anything because at, at deep down and maybe not even deep down, you know, what, what's happening. You're like, you know what, this is a dumb situation. We could fix this really easy. And instead we're just propagating it because I'm supposed to keep my stupid mouth shut the whole time. Like Atlas with the entire world on your back. Yeah. And then you're just like, I'm just supposed to carry this weight forever. Yeah. And it eventually breaks you or it breaks the relationship. So it's not it doesn't help the relationship, doesn't help your business. I mean, like, look, have anything. those pieces. It does your yeah. career or whatever it is. And I think this is that whole piece. Like you and I could sit here and I love this conversation, brother, because you know, we could sit here talk mar talk marketing, we could go to business, we could go with everything, but like all this, it's about that being human first and understanding yourself. Are right, you want to be successful in your business, in your career, in your life? Like these are all important things that you need to be able to understand about yourself first and be able to get out there. Yeah. Well, we learned it the hard way. <laughs> well, we continue to, you know, but we're making progress. And that's really what it's about. I think at the end of the day, like the entire point of all existence is just learning. And if you're a Christian or anybody who has any thought about what happens after you die, you're eternal. And so the only thing you possibly can get this from this life, because it's not going to be stuff is just going to be lessons. And so your job is just to learn as much as possible. And hopefully afterwards, no matter what happens, you're enriched by the experience. And so, and hopefully be able to take that information and knowledge that you learn and impart it down into your children, not just by, oh, words, yeah, but by actions. And I think that's the bigger thing that and we hear. We've always heard the do as I do, as I say, not as I not do. As I do. Well, BS again, that should just be a bad, that should be a like complete kids don't <laughs> learn that way. Kids learn by watching what we do. I can tell my son, I can tell my daughter all day long, but if I act like a, a crazy person, guess what? That's what they're going to, they're going to mimic and learn and be able to understand that that's okay. Not just that, but they're going to learn that they don't have to do anything. All they have to do is say the right thing. You know, you're teaching them that through that action. So no matter what you do, like you're imparting this, uh, you know, wisdom, maybe not wisdom all the time, <laughs> but you're imparting that to the, the people you're around. And honestly, if you're just not honest with yourself, and even if you don't like things about yourself, like work on them, don't ignore yeah. them or pretend they don't exist. Just take a second and make some progress. So I think this podcast is part of that. And uh, I hope oh, that, you know, people listening have learned that from uh, this conversation and we're going to have lots more because I think we, I mean, we, it was had an hour like flew by. I'm like, Holy crap, we got more meetings and work to do, <laughs> but really appreciate your time, Josh. Uh, <laughs> always enjoyed talking to you. I think you, you are, you know, an excellent representation of like what a, a modern man can do. If you just think about it a little bit, think outside yourself and then not only improving yourself, improving yourself is improving everybody around you situation. So yeah. I think you're doing a great job and, and I you, wish friend. you success. Same for you or I wouldn't be here. <laughs> wow. Uh, in the meantime, where can people learn more about you, the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn? I mean, of course, like LinkedIn, right? Like find me, fi connect with me. Let me know how much you love Mark. I mean, whatever, like that's, usually, I mean, of course too. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure you could just search Joshua B. Lee. I've, I've been 
been trying to empower what I've learned throughout the years online through many amazing podcasts like this. So like I said, like, please look me up, connect with me. And, you know, that's, that's all I need these days, you know, just to be able to understand that I can be able to share something of what we learned about and what we talked about today, Mark, and make someone else, this one other person go, man, it's not just me. I've done my job. Like LinkedIn is just a vehicle of what I do to be able to support amazing humans to be able to create more positive change in this world. But like overall, it's just about these amazing, just real, real conversations. So I appreciate you, my friend. Well, I always enjoy time talking to you. Um, I think you're doing amazing. And uh, I think you're going to continue to do amazing. And, you know, teaching is learning. And I think that's why, you know, people like you and I do what we do because it's like, yeah, a lot of people think that it's just for, oh, you just give away stuff. I'm like, no, no, I get benefit from this, you know, <laughs> and that's why I do it. And if you're doing things and it's not benefiting you in some way, then, you know, rethink about it because the people you're serving want you to benefit too. And if they don't, then they really shouldn't be watching. It needs to be win-win, man. And again, <laughs> if one's falling on their sword for the other, I mean, I'm going to be honest, that's not a win-win situation and, and it's going to turn out no matter how well you think it's going to work out, it's not going to be good in the end for anyone. No, no. Long-term, we all need to help each other and it's uh, it's going to be great, you know? And and that's what you got. That's literally the only thing that you have to believe. And I, and I, I definitely believe that. So we're going to keep making it better. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time for more Podcast Mark. I'll be having uh, more awesome individuals like Joshua B. Lee. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to tell you the topics because I have no idea what they're going to be until we start talking. So tune in next time and you'll find out what they are. <laughs>